Second Samuel, the sixth chapter. Second Samuel, the sixth chapter. I want to speak to you about becoming a carrier of the presence of God. If there's ever been a time that we need the presence of God in our life, it's now. We need a move of the Spirit of God. I want to give you, uh, as I begin to talk about this story before I go into this, I want to give you a little backstory about what's went on here. Uh, the children of Israel have come to David and asked him to become their king. And David is in Hebron. David is already king over Judah. But it's been prophesied that David's going to be king over all of Israel. So the children of Israel come to David at Hebron. David's already king, and they, and they talk to him about becoming king over all of Israel. Now listen, David could have been satisfied where he was. Because he was successful where he was. But God sometimes wants us to move from success to significance. He wants us to move into a place of the fullness of our destiny. And I believe a lot of times the church has settled for success instead of significance. Because God wants to make, uh, he wants to make us a people that makes a difference in our area. He wants to make us a people who makes a difference in our, in our surroundings, to make an impact on people's lives. It's not enough for us to come in and have a good service on Sunday morning. we got to affect our community. we got to affect the people who are around us. My, my, my life is, is, not to, is, not to see, uh, is not to just see the church grow, but to see the kingdom grow. Amen? But David had enough sense to know and understand that even though that God was placing him in the place in the fullness of his destiny that he could never possibly be what God has designed him to be unless the presence of God was there. Listen, folks, it don't matter about a position. It don't matter about a title. If you don't have the presence of God in your life, things are not going to happen. People's lives are not going to change, and the power of God will not manifest and be what uh, we need it to be. So if you got your Bibles and you're there, uh, say amen. amen. It says, and again, David... Uh, gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David rose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart. So they set the ark of God on a new cart. See, that's the problem with church folks today. A lot of them want their blessings carted in. And brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahiah, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out to the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahiah went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord at all kinds of instruments on fir wood, and on harps, on stringed instruments, tambourines and cisterns, and on cymbals. They were having a party. Amen. See, sometimes it's easy for you to party when you're getting your blessings carted to you. When there ain't no sacrifice involved. It says, and when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it 
for the oxen stumbled. Now see, here they were. They were having the, the blessings of God. They were having the presence of God carted into Jerusalem. And they come to Naked's threshing floor. The, the, the presence of God shifts, and Uzzah decides he's going to steady it. See, a lot of times we want the presence of God and we want the anointing of God, but a lot of times when it shifts in a direction that we don't think it ought to, we try to steady it. Well, see, here's the first problem. The first problem was that they're bringing it in on a new cart. God never designed his presence to rest on things. He designed his presence to rest on people. And what gets me a lot of times is people say, well, you know, you say, well, they put it on a new cart. See, here's the thing. They had to get it to the, before anybody could have been okay with it, somebody had to get it on the cart the right way. They had to get it there the right way. But see, a lot of times we don't mind just doing a little bit. But see, here's the thing about it. God has called us to have, to have his presence in our life and to carry his presence. He's called us to be a people because we serve a God who is a progressive God. He ser we serve a God who wants to not only dwell uh, around us, he wants to dwell within us. He wants to put his presence in us. And he wants us to be a people who are contagious with his presence. And see, God, uh, David knew that he could never be the king that God had designed him to be in the presence of God. Was not in Jerusalem. Right. Well, David gets upset because of the presence of God and the outbreak against Uzzah because David had not really fully understood how the ark was supposed to be carried. So they took it aside into Obed Edom's house for three months, and for three months, Obed Edom's house was blessed. And a lot of people talking about they're running around with picket signs and all this stuff. They want to put prayer back in school, wanting to prayer do, do this. Not listen, your picket signs ain't gonna make any difference. What's gonna make a difference? Because if we can get it in the home, we can get it in the school. Because long before prayer left the school, it left the home. But if we can get some people who are just not waiting on the pastor or somebody to cart their blessings into them on Sunday morning, but somebody who's willing to put the presence of God on their shoulders and begin to shoulder a little bit of the load and begin to make a little bit of sacrifice because as, as David begin to study and begin to find out the, what was supposed to have been done and the way the Spirit of the Lord was supposed to have been carried, then he went back to get the presence of God. Before, but before all that happened, I want you to see this. David is in Jerusalem at this time when he's at these three months that the presence of God is at Obed-Edom's house. And they're making David a new house. And all this time, David is trying to figure out how he's going to make, how he's going to get the presence of God there. And he's, he's studying to get a house for the presence of the Lord. But we understand that David was not allowed to build God a house at that time. So David erected a tabernacle. A tabernacle. Now listen, I want you to see this because David reigned in Israel for 33 years. When David brought the presence of God back into Jerusalem, the presence of God was unveiled for 33 years as long as David was alive. Amen. Now here's the thing. Jesus died at 33 if you go to Acts, the 15th chapter, it talks about it in the last days that God's going to raise up the tabernacle of David. Not Moses being the first, not Solomon's being the, the most grandeur, 
but he's going to raise up the tabernacle of David. What is he saying? He's just simply saying that in the last days, I'm going to bring my unveiled presence back to my people. It's going to move. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to glorify him and praise him. Because when David went back, see, David had some battles. See, how many of you know that when you begin to seek after the presence of God, the enemy will come out against you? He will do everything that he can to try to rout you. He'll try to do everything he can to disturb you, to upset you. But what happened here is when the children of Israel, uh, when David inquired of the Lord, said, what shall I do? He said, go. He said, for I shall I'll give the Philistines into your hand. And David goes out to battle. But here's our problem. A lot of times we think because we fought one battle one way that we got to do it the same way the next time. Study what Jesus did. Jesus never healed nobody the same way twice. But in church world, we, we try this formality of doing things the same way. We think because we did it one way one time, we got to do it next. We got to do it the same way next time. But when David found out the way he is supposed to bring back the presence of the Lord, he took the priests and he went and they began to carry the presence of God. And the Bible says that every time they took six faces, they stopped and they sacrificed to the Lord. See, sometimes we just need to stop and we just need to worship him. And the Bible says that as they, as they begin to come into Jerusalem, they were dancing, they were worshiping, and they were praising God. And see, a lot of times people don't understand why people dance and say, you may, you may not understand their dance, but don't you condemn their dance. Don't you put down their dance because you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they've had to sacrifice to get to where they at. You don't know what they've given up. But when they begin, and David, they begin to praise and they begin to worship God. And the Bible says that Michael, Saul's daughter, despised David in her heart. See, her problem was she was standing on the wrong side of the window. Now, this was David's wife. But she's never referred to as David's wife. She's referred to as Saul's daughter. And the Lord began to speak to me as I began to look at this. And he began to say, if you don't learn to celebrate my presence, I'll, I'll name you with a transgressor. See, when the presence of God comes in, now think about this. How many times have we come into church and we just come in and all of a sudden we walk right into the midst of the presence of God? We walk right in the midst of, of revival. We walk right in the midst of where the power and the spirit of God is moving and, and people are getting saved and people are getting filled and people are getting delivered and people are getting healed. But we fail to realize that there was a sacrifice that took place. Somebody paid a price to have that presence there. It did not just show up. Somebody took the time to seek after the presence of God. Somebody sacrificed. Somebody shouldered the load. It didn't just happen. What you do in secret will be revealed in the open. They will always listen to me. How many of you believe that God is the same yesterday, today, forever? What he did back then, he can do today. But here's the thing. We've got to understand something. There's a price to be paid for it. Salvation is free, but the anointing is going to cost you everything. Yes, it is. Yes, it 
How many of you want to see your loved ones saved? Set up an atmosphere for the presence of God. The first thing David did, see, David didn't just go after the presence of God. When he went back into Jerusalem, he prepared a place for it to rest. He had a place ready for it to come. When it came into Jerusalem, when, he, when they came back into Jerusalem, they came in, they were singing, they were shouting, they were dancing. And a lot of times we just look at that as they're just having a good time. No, they were a bloody mess because every time they stopped at the sixth pace, they sacrificed and they offered offerings unto the Lord and they praised and they worshiped him and they glorified his holy name and God is looking for some people who will not just be who will not just be waiting on their blessings to come in but he's looking for some people who are going to be carriers of his presence he's looking for some people I, when I think about a carrier I think about somebody that's willing to carry the load when I think about a carrier also I think in, in another term of it of somebody that is contagious with the presence of God Somebody that you ain't got to worry. When you get around them, you're going to catch something that they got. God wants us to have, be a carrier of his presence. And when we get around, that people are excited about the presence of God that's going on in our life. Listen, I can't heal a fly with a toothache. But Jesus inside of me can do all things. Results ain't up to me. It's up to him. But what we're to be, we're to be conduits of that presence. Become carriers of the presence of God. And when we become carriers, things begin to change. We'll never be what we're designed to be, no matter if we reach the full potential of our destiny will never be what God's designed us to be without his presence. Because in his presence, everything prospers. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. You want joy in your home? Get the presence of God in your home. Somebody say, well, I can't wait to get to church. Let's have church in your home. Turn you on some praise and worship in your home. Mm -hmm. Didn't come together on Sunday morning. Listen, I, I don't. I don't believe that we use, we ought to use Sunday morning as a place to get fixed. I think Sunday morning ought to be a celebration service of what's been fixed during the week. So the presence of God can move in and through our lives. There's some of you here this morning. You've been needing things to change for a long time. You're in the right place. God wants to change everything. When David found out that what was going on in Obed-Edom's house, he began to dig. He began to find out what is the proper way of carrying the presence of God. See, God wants to get so involved in our life to where when we step into things, that the boundaries that have kept us from our promise begin to be pushed back. See, God is a progressive God. I said that at the beginning, and I want to say this. I want you to understand this. When the children of Israel first come out of Egypt, the presence of God was over them in a, in a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. 
Well, think about that. You go back and read that story. You never hear them complaining about the hot weather or the condition of the heat because they didn't experience it. God, then God invented the first AC right there. But as time went on, God progressively began to come down. And he came and he began to dwell in the ark and rest upon the shoulders of his priest. And though the first time when God told Moses to stand on the banks of the Red Sea and to stretch his rod, He did it from a distance. But the next time when Joshua was about to cross the Jordan, he tells him, put the Ark of the Covenant on the priest's of the shoulders and they're to step down into the water. See, sometimes we don't want to get involved in things. And sometimes if we don't have the presence, we don't need to. But if you got the presence of the Lord and you step down into it, the very thing that has been a boundary that's kept you from your promise will divide and allow you to walk across on dry ground. Let's all stand. It's more important than anything in the world to have the presence of God in your life. People will disappoint you. Hmm? But God will never disappoint you. He will always come through on his promises. For all his promises are yes and amen. If God has promised me something and I'm not obtaining it, it's not a problem on his end. It's a problem on my end. I was listening to Dutch Sheets. Any of y'all know Dutch Sheets? I was listening to him the other day and he said what God's about to do. He said the Lord showed him a a ring. He just began to put a ring and he didn't understand it. He said it went way above his head. He said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, full circle, higher level. I'm about to bring an outpouring of my spirit full circle. And he was talking about the book of Acts. Full circle, higher level. Everybody wants to see a miracle, but nobody wants to be in need to have one. But here's the thing God didn't limit miracles to operate. Thank you.
operate through his body. Signs and wonders. He said, this is how they will know huh? that you're my disciples. You'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll open blinded eyes, deaf ears. Amen. I believe what God has for this place is so much bigger than what you can see. It has nothing, listen to me. It has nothing to do with man. It has everything to do with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have to get our focus higher. We have to become carriers of the presence of God. Think about this. Are you living your life in a way? says, well, I wish I lived back in the day of the disciples and all those great things. Listen, we're about to step into something that's way beyond that. Way beyond that. So if you're here this morning, you need maybe you just need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you haven't been living like you need to be living. haven't sold out
Yes, Father. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Father. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Father. Thank you. 